We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Man, I can't imagine a scenario when you play Steven Gerrard in this game. <laughs> like when you when you start him, you'd have to be a buffoon. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit Rotowire.com/soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basso. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. We're talking Major League Soccer tonight with J.D. Basso and Skylar Redpath. Guys, Mateo Mancosu came up lame in training yesterday, which means we could see the return of Didier Drogba for the impact. J.D., how do you feel about that? 
I think we should take a field trip to Red Bull Arena so that we can all boo him <laughs> with the uh, with the Red Bull Arena crowd alongside us. That would be a lot of fun. I think I'm only like two hours and uh, forty minutes or so. What What do you think would happen to you if Montreal went in there and won because of Drogba? Oh man, it would be devastating. <laughs> I mean, I would kind of like just, you know, relish the moment a little bit. It would be cool because Montreal was a huge underdog in this series. And even though the the Red Bulls are one of my favorite teams to watch, um, I think they're a great franchise all around. They've certainly turned into a great franchise. I don't think they always were the best run or anything like that. But um, yeah, I like to root for them. They're not a team that brings in like a ton of flashy stars. You don't see them making huge splashes these days. They're, it's kind of more of a, a money ball type of deal uh, since Thierry Henry, I suppose. I was just about to say that he was a little, right. that was the a, definition that was of flashy. One. <laughs> Definitely. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> came in and won the game on his own. I also just don't really see it happening. Aurelian Colin, if I recall correctly, played him really tough the last game. That was one of the last, Full games I can even remember drug, but featuring it. Mm. What was that? And it feels like was it was it May or ago. yeah, May or June maybe. Yeah, man, it feels like August if I had to say, but I'm just kind of pulling stuff out of thin air now. September twenty fifth. Supposedly, uh, looking here on Twitter, Joey Alfieri, who's a sideline reporter for the Impact, reported that Drogba left training early today because he felt stiffness in his back. So it sounds like the forward situation there is just really muddled right now. And he actually uh, noted, too, that Mancosu trained. Oh, okay. So not really, not really sure where to go with that. Um, it sounds like Mancosu may try to push through. Yep. But regardless, it uh, might be a situation to avoid altogether. Yeah, or you get some Anthony Jackson Hamill or uh, some Michael Salazar up in there. You have to Odoro, imagine. It would probably be Odoro with uh, right. Venegas, huh? Ahead of Salazar? Uh, it would be. I mean, Venegas came on last game and Salazar didn't. Mm-hmm. And they were up when Venegas came on. So that tells me that they kind of trust him defensively, at least. Right. Um, I don't know. It would be interesting. I mean, Harry, I guess Harry Ship would be in play. But if I'm like thinking of someone who's going to be able to defend the Red Bulls' high press, it's not Harry Ship. <laughs> Actually, Harry Ship doesn't really fit into any any puzzle that I'm trying to build for an MLS team. <laughs> uh, we'll remind our listeners that the matches uh, this Sunday are the exact same as last weekend. Obviously, they're playing the second leg of their um, their uh, conference semifinal matchups. So yeah, Montreal comes in with a one nothing aggregate lead, but that doesn't seem like too big of a mound to. to uh, get over for the Red Bulls. Uh, do either of you think that Montreal has like a legitimate shot? Sure, they do. I mean, they're up one nothing, but I think I'm giving a, a slight edge to Red Bulls in this one. I mean, just having the one goal lead with just one game to go—that's obviously a significant advantage. So we definitely can't write them off. Yeah, originally I'd probably say no way that Red Bulls are gonna, or no way that Montreal will win this or win the series but based off of their form starting with dc united uh knockout round playoffs um they've they've looked really good and they've done what they needed to do to get their the job done so 
I imagine they'll set up with somewhat of a defensive approach this game, which I just I don't think it's going to end well for them. I could see New York running out with a 2-0, 3-0 win. That's the worst thing they could do is set up defensively right off the bat. <laughs> I'm not sure they have the pieces to do that anyway. I mean, they, they did it in the first leg, I guess, yeah, but right, they, I guess. they countered very strongly and enthusiastically, and they need to do that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the slate, um, we were very high on BWP and Kledgeton last week and Grella. Uh, are, is there anybody question had a question had a little bit of a wando didn't he <laughs> uh yeah you could say that um it was oh my goodness it was a very very wide open goal i have to say yeah Ugh. Ugh. um but do are those still the guys that you would focus on uh yeah i think so i mean mule looked pretty good to me too mm-hmm last game just in terms of being active that's not necessarily saying he's a huge scorer but i mean mule piles on the peripheral points um and if he were still like in the the three thousands or low four thousands like he used to be i'd be all over him this weekend um either cash or a gpp but i think now he's he's a little pricey 5600 and it's tough to pay for a guy that's not getting a ton of goals and assists but He's definitely getting on the score sheet with some frequency, so I wouldn't totally ignore him. Okay. And, I mean, Grella got the hook first last game, so if you're a little worried about playing time, I would point that out. Yeah, yeah I really like uh, really like Kleshton this game. I think he's about as safe as it gets other than Giovinco for a uh, cash game. And then I actually uh, really like both of the Red Bulls uh, wingbacks, Chris Duvall, Kamar Lawrence. Um, Lawrence is the cheaper of the two. He's 4,200. Duvall is 5,100. But wow. both had respectable fantasy totals last game. Um, it seems like Duvall has been doing a little bit more crossing. And Lawrence is, has been a guy that's been on our radar, I think, even since last year. And he just he really hasn't done much this season. Um, but at 4,200, Four games to choose from then he's on my radar I'm, i might be playing him he is getting a little better his first half of the season really kind of wrote him off completely in yeah. my eyes and um yeah he's he's steadily improved here as i think he's gotten a little bit healthier so uh, i agree they're decent looks i think on the other side marco donadell is a guy that might get like 10 interceptions in this game i mean he's gonna have to shut down the red bulls he's been um been playing really well in the midfield he's all over the place they're letting him play a full 90 he's still on corner kicks so i think a lot of things kind of come together to make marco donadell a, a good value in cash and someone that i'd still consider in a gpp he played that nice long ball that got um mancosu the goal last week so mm-hmm. it was a great pass. certainly yeah he's certainly capable of playing uh kind of that not regista role but um just kind of lying deep and picking a picking a pass out, but also doing the the tough work. Okay. Yep. An assist and three straight. Wow. Pretty pretty solid for uh, a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to look back a decent decent length of time to see his assist before that, but. <laughs> right. He does take cro- uh, corners, so that exactly yeah puts him in that position. Um, right on Drogba's head. <laughs> Uh, either goalkeeper 
interest you, or do you guys think there's a better goalkeeper on the slate? I think there's better ones on the slate. Um, Robles is probably a solid bet for a clean sheet. Meanwhile, Evan Bush is going to see like 10 shots or more. Yeah. Which could be good. I mean, like really, I think when it comes to goalkeepers, you can read the situation exactly the same as somebody else, but you can each like take a different conclusion on who you want to play based off of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like if I think Evan Bush is going to get peppered, I could say, well, that's a lot of save points. Someone else could say, well, that means he's going to let in a lot of goals. And depending on if you're playing cash or GPP or how the rest of your lineup is constructed, then um, you're you're going to make a different move than me, even if you kind of see the same thing shaking out. So, Yeah, I think Robles might be worth paying up for. Um, he'd be paying all the way up, but even at that, it's 5,100. Um, I just I really feel like Red Bulls are going to get the job done, and um, he's he led the league in shutouts this season. Uh, the last time he played Montreal was just over a month ago at home. He made three saves, kept a clean sheet, and 16 DraftKings points. So um, I think he could probably re replicate that performance. And if you're talking about, you know, paying 5,100 for 15, 16 points or, you know, paying whatever, 3,300 for seven or eight, then I'd probably be willing to pay the extra. I don't know. When I hold Robles up to, like, almost any of the other goalkeepers, I can really make an argument for them instead. Like a Stefan Fry, I think, is going against an offense that really is kind of still figuring things out without Mauro Diaz, and he's going to face a lot of shots, and mm -hmm. he is 3,400. Wow. You have um, Brian Rowe is another one. I don't think Colorado's offense... I mean, in do-or-die time, Bruce Arena's probably going to coach them up and shut this game down on the road. I don't think they're going to come out and attack too much. So he's another one. He's going to face a lot of shots from an offense that I don't necessarily trust. Um, and then who else? Oh, Tim Howard. I mean, if you like Robles because of the clean sheet opportunity and a couple saves, I think Howard is pretty much the same situation for $600 less. So right, yeah, just, just my the, opinion. Uh, those, no, those are all valid reasons for sure and I, I do like the cheap punt goalkeepers just because of what's at stake for all these teams really I mean uh, Seattle's a great shout uh, Fry's a great shout he's just been phenomenal lately so I, I, there's valid reasoning I just I feel like Robles is almost I'm not going to say he's a lock for a clean sheet but I feel like of, of all of the keepers I feel like he's got the best probability to pitch one mm -hmm. all right that makes sense. Yeah, like I said, same situation, and we were kind of playing it different ways, mm -hmm. even though we have the same read. Right. Uh, that's actually the second game of Sunday. The first one is Colorado at home against the Galaxy. You guys just mentioned Howard and Rowe. Um, the Galaxy uh, come in the same way with a one nothing lead. Uh, the we didn't really see the Galaxy at their at their fullest. I mean, Alan Gordon keeps getting the start. Uh, ahead of Robbie Keane. Keane did come on late. So do you guys think that Arena makes the switch to Keane? Um... Oh, man. I, I think you have to just leave Gordo in. Let let Keane come on fresh if you need him. Mm -hmm. 
But Gordon has been good. I yeah. thought he played good last game. I thought he played good the game before that. I think he kind of mixes in well with this team. He play he pressures defensively a little bit more than Keane does. Um, but I mean, Keane works hard when he's out there too. He just he's not young enough or fresh enough that he can be constantly pressuring. Somehow, Alan Gordon still is, even though he's super old. Um, and Giovanni Dos Santos plays better without Keane in the lineup, typically. So. It's just what they have going now works really well, and why ruin a good thing? They've had two good games in a row, and I think they're going to continue to to put out mostly the same lineup. Yeah, I agree with JD. There's really no need, at least at this point, with a 1-0 lead going into Colorado. Uh, maybe if it was the other way around, they needed more firepower from the get-go, but um, I just I don't see any need to start Keen from the start, and then maybe given the the in-game situation if LA need a goal then I could see them bringing him on but I don't think that he'll start this game does that all apply to uh Don Ovan now that Steven Gerrard is back man I can't imagine a scenario when you play Steven Gerrard in this game (laughs) like when you when you start him you'd have to be a buffoon (laughs) yeah it's the same same thing that JD had had to say about Alan Gordon. Donovan's actually meshed well with the starting 11 that they put out. And yeah. I don't see any reason to mess up a good thing. So um, I wouldn't and, play Gerard Oven over like Baggio Husidic or uh, if like um, Federico Bravo from NYCFC were there instead. I wouldn't play Gerard over him. I mean, there's a role that needs done, and I don't see where Gerard fits into this this uh, puzzle where Los Angeles need to defend a one nothing lead at Colorado. Like right. that doesn't seem like Gerard's kind of game at this point in his career at no, all. No. Um, <laughs> it would be really cruel for Bruce Arena actually to throw him into this situation like that. <laughs> um, okay. That was as uh, simple as I was hoping it would be for the galaxy. At least um, I, Skyler, I asked JD before you came on, do you think Jermaine Jones starts? Yes, I do think he starts. I think that he's worthy of considering for fantasy purposes. He's 4,700 on DraftKings, which isn't cheap, but it's not overly overly pricey. Mm -hmm. And I I just, I feel like they're basically looking at Jones as a difference maker. So I feel like he's going to be real, really active. Um, I, I could see a double-digit game from him and potentially even a goal. So I'm going to be considering I'm not locking him in. I haven't I haven't sat down to really delve into lineup building just yet, but I like where he comes in at 4,700, and I kind of like the um, just the responsibility that I think is going to be put on his shoulders, and I think that all bodes well for his fantasy game. Mm-hmm. So he's... Yeah, me and, me and Skyler are pretty much in lockstep here. The, I mean, if they got early season Jermaine Jones, or at least early for him season, that would be, I mean, that's the difference maker they need right now. Um, well, that might not be enough, but it would certainly <laughs> help. Uh, and we're in agreement that it's Dylan Powers who loses his spot. I mean, Jones came on for Powers in the first leg. Yeah, in my opinion, so. yeah, in my opinion, yes. And... Does Jones's uh, presence change your thoughts on anybody else on the Rapids? Like he, it's not like he's taking corners from anybody, but does it? Does Jones becoming 
possibly a factor open things up for Gashi or Baji, or does it really just not affect them at all? I, I mean, I don't think it hurts anyone, personally. I think, if anything, it's going to help. Maybe, like, a Hairston is less less of a guy that's going to be running, like, kind of out of the, the midfield with the ball. Maybe that's going to be Jones instead. Um, if Hairston's even on the field, that is to say. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Jermaine Jones plays a certain role. He's going to be all over the place, and maybe someone has to, to play more responsibly and just cover for him, maybe play a little bit less of their game. But um, I think that's the defensive midfielders who we weren't really considering anyway. Right. Azura and Cronin, I guess. Yeah, correct. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's really going to affect too many fantasy plays, I guess you could say, as far as I'm concerned. I had already uh, scratched Kevin Doyle off of my uh, targets after last week's minus negative one performance. So just <laughs> uh, my bad to anybody if I mentioned... Uh, picking him up i just i guess i read in too much to his eight shot performance the week before and seemed like he was actually has actually been a little bit more active since his injury return but um not a good performance from him and definitely ruined some of my fantasy lineups so he's on my uh stuff list this week and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh probably not going to be rostering him so no uh jones didn't affect that play and i, I don't think that he'll affect uh gashi or um baji i probably won't be playing baji anyways but gashi's a guy that i would consider yeah kevin doyle i mean he can go to hall city with sean maloney <laughs> uh who do you think wins this one i think the galaxy maybe not this game i think they win the series yeah i think they win the series i could see uh really tight one nil uh, regulation win for the Rapids, and then it's going to be gritty. It's going to be close, but I think LA is going to prevail. Mm-hmm. And do you think the goal scorer is more likely to be Dos Santos or somebody else? Uh, I think Donovan's going to step up with a goal oh. in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to be this game, but if especially if they advance, it just he's he's in a spot to perform and. It, it just feels like every all signs are pointing to a big game for him at some point. Um, kind of put his name back in the spotlight. I mean, he's he's already done that just by coming back, but um, I think he's going to go above and beyond that and put one in the back of the net. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take a coin flip between Alan Gordon and uh, Gio Dos Santos. Okay, okay, that's good with me. Uh, next match uh, on the schedule is 6.30 Eastern, New York City FC at home against Toronto. David Villa avoided suspension because he is David Villa, unless you guys thought that red card should have, or that he didn't deserve a suspension. Anyone? I thought it was valid after uh, there was a play earlier in the year, I think I saw on Twitter, that was very similar and... The uh, the player was ret- retroactively suspended. I think it was Armando um, Cooper, wasn't it? Yes. Or, yeah. Yep, that's it. And that's who he yep. actually. That's who he kicked out on. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Just went right. Full circle. So yeah, it's it's kind of uh, mind-boggling, but not too mind-boggling because it's David Villa and it's the playoffs and it's MLS. So, as somebody um, who follows like beat writers from all across the country, the Toronto ones were. Furious when that oh, news yeah. came out. Oh my gosh! I just wish. Well, that's because 
they have to deal with it between Via there and Drogba every single time they play. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I just wish MLS was honest about it and was just like, it's a lot better for us if David Villa plays. <laughs> so we're just gonna let him play. <laughs> but oh, well. do you really want to see Steven Mendoza? Right. Right. Kiri Shelton Ugh. and Tommy Mack. Why didn't Tommy Mack play? That's a I have a real bone to pick with Patrick Vieira about that. Um, I have spoken to a number of people, uh, at least New York City FC supporters, who were pretty angry about it. Uh, not necessarily about McNamara specifically, but more just the move to the. They basically played like a five-four-one, and the only response I had was that they've been getting killed for how poor they are defensively all season. And if they could have basically gotten a, a shutout in Toronto, like that, they put that puts them in full control of the series. So, like, why not play a defensive lineup when you're playing the best attacking player in league history? Other than the fact that you haven't played it all season, <laughs> I get it. I just, I guess, I'm of the mind usually that, especially in a first leg, like bunkering is not a good strategy. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to come out and press a play somewhat, or you're going to have Josie and Javinko just in your kitchen all game. Yeah. Not good. I mean, New York City FC had very little attack in that game. It was almost embarrassing. Yep. I don't think they created a single chance inside the box. Uh, could be. Pirlo was hurt, and say what you want about him, but they tend to play better when he's on the field, at least attacking-wise. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm I'm looking at it right here. They created one, two, three. It looks like six chances. Four of them were from back passes near <laughs> the top of the box. Hmm. So just someone ripping a long shot. Yeah. Another one was from literally the sideline. I don't know what that one was. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Maybe they earned a free kick. Yeah. And another one was a, a horizontal ball. So they almost had no, like, within 20 yards of the goal. They didn't have any chances created from any kind of dangerous spot or even a forward pass mm -hmm. and all of that they were still very close to getting out of there at least just down one nothing until yes. ricketts ruined everything for them um jd do you think that new york city fc can at least close the aggregate gap or is it over I think they could, but I don't see how they get out of this series with mm -hmm. a, a victory. No. I just, I mean, Javinko looks unbelievable right now. He, <laughs> he really always, does. He always looks unbelievable, but he looks almost unstoppable. Like the last, this game, the last playoff game, and even the last one or two regular season, was it just one regular season game he was back for? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, he looks he's so good. It's, it's not even fair, really. He... He got fouled, he was laying on the ground, and then he got up and nutmegged someone, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, in, in almost all, like, one fluid yep. sequence. Yeah. Skylar, who do you like more, Josie or David Villa? David Villa. Okay. Just based on New York New York City's down two goals, they're going to be pressing the entire game, trying to make up that difference. So I uh, feel like is going to score at least one, maybe two. I mean, I think New York City's got a shot in this one. Um, but I do think the Juvenco factor is going to be too much. I think TFC walk away with it. If Josie doesn't get you anything in the first half and New York doesn't really make up any ground, I mean, he's almost going to be useless in the second half, I imagine. 
Who he's would? either going to get subbed off for someone that's going to play a little more defense, oh. um, or they're just not going to really press the attack. And Josie's not a guy that I'm picturing like really stunning anyone on a counter. <laughs> I don't know. I I do like Josie a little bit in this game, just because it's NYCFC's bad defense, and he's. I mean, he legitimately look legitimately looks really good too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like. Haha, ha, Josie has a goal or two. He's on a streak. He he really does look great. Yeah. Um, I think the only but, reason they keep him in is because he's big enough to just hold the ball in the corner for 12 minutes. <laughs> that could be. Oh, and, man. I mean, he looks really fast, too, actually, which is not something I can remember saying about Josie most of the time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's certainly been moments in his career where he has looked quick, but usually he just looks kind of slower than everyone around him and. It's kind of like Jordan Morris. He's both big, and now he's, like, rumbling through people, and it's great. Um, I was going to say, Josie always looks really fast right before he grabs his hamstring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he might be uh, he might, he might be a little slower and bigger uh, Sunday because after last night's steak dinner with Jivinko and the rest of Toronto FC, <laughs> compliments of uh, Jivinko's uh, Instagram feed showing... Uh, <laughs> Showing is kind of, I guess it's like the new Snapchat story type thing. And so they're all there sitting around the table and pans to Josie. And he's just got like what, mass amounts of steak sitting in front of him. <laughs> I mean, it all looked delicious. But, you know, Josie looked, Josie looked like he was uh, fat and happy. I guess might describe him best. But um, Juvenko probably had like an eight ounce like filet mignon and Josie had like a whole cow. I'm not sure if this is better or worse uh, scouting than the LA Galaxy message boards from earlier this season. You gotta, you gotta process these bits of information how it'll affect them on game day. I use, I use revenge games in my uh, research. Skylar uses Instagram and message boards. That's right. That's right. Um, anyone think Frank Lampard scores? He could. I could see Frank He's... Lampard scoring in the 90th minute to make it 3-1 Toronto. <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah, that's that so true. Does anyone think the ball will bounce off Frank Lampard and into the net? Yeah. <laughs> which non-foot? Perhaps. Which non-foot part of the body does he score with? <laughs> yeah, uh, it could happen. Just with if he's starting and playing uh, the full 90 minutes again, NYCFC's got to come out chasing two goals so um where they're gonna come from i do i think they'll get a goal early and then i think they're gonna be playing for that second goal just uh going at toronto fc so uh, i like their attacking options this game it just i think we've said it for several weeks now it's like where the goal is gonna come from if it's not david via yeah pick right. poison jack harrison doesn't look particularly dangerous to me lately so I think if you're throwing a dart, it's probably Steven Mendoza. Oh. Um, right, exactly. That's my thoughts. Um, in, unless, I mean, Tommy Mack gets I was going to say, I, I bet it's McNamara. I really hope it is. Um, I just don't know. You know what would be funny, and it would be actually a great suggestion for Patrick Vieira, if he starts Mix Discord. I was just about to say, please don't say Mix. And... Um, Toronto FC are just laughing so hard they can't even play the first like twenty minutes, and it would be a great comeback right off the bat. Before we go to the next game, where do you think he plays next year? 
not in the United States. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Maybe just back to Norway. It would be awesome if he signed with like an, a, another Eastern Conference team. DC United? Join Patty just, Mullins for the revenge game twice or three times a year? Man, that would be cool. I think... I mean, maybe Philadelphia since Barnett is leaving, but I don't really see that happening. I know Columbus chased him hard for, I mean, they were the original team in on him, the second team in on him, other than maybe the Galaxy. Columbus was after him really hard, and they kind of missed out. So I think he I just, is the highest paid non-DP in the league. <laughs> it very well could be. I just can't really tell you what he's going to bring to any MLS team that his style of play just doesn't make much sense. It never made sense to me on the national team. So I think he's one of those, he's like the poster boy of guys who haven't figured out their best position and he's not really good at a lot of them. And so he's good at pickup soccer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, all right. I can't believe we talked about, mixed discord in a playoff podcast <laughs> final game of the night seattle at fc dallas dallas have uh, a pretty big uh hill to climb here down three nothing um the lack of maro hurts. diaz looks pretty bad um and i'm not sure how they get out of this to be honest because i don't see how they like have they scored three goals this season without maro diaz on the field I'm sure they have, but it hasn't been easy. I mean, I don't know. Outside of a little stretch, I didn't think that Dallas looked that much worse than Seattle Mm -hmm. this past game. I thought Dallas actually created almost as many chances, if not as many. It it just all came down to, like, some some just bad breaks. I mean, I wouldn't say they played great defensively, but... Seattle took advantage of their opportunities, and I don't think the scoreline should have been 3-0, but here we are. So mm-hmm. certainly a lot of adversity. It's going to be really tough for, for Dallas to dig themselves out, but outside of the Red Bulls, I can't really think of a team that I would uh, put my faith in more to dig out of a 3 nothing hole. Even without Mauro Diaz? Yeah, I think so. I mean... They're certainly going to throw everything they have at Seattle. I mean, if Tesho doesn't start, I'm going to be shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have Barrios. You're going to have a Rudy. They're not going to be afraid to get Rosales in there, uh, maybe at halftime if they need him, or a Carlos Ruiz they won't be afraid to throw in there. And they're going to make their, their midfielders like Yushoa, Gruezo, Acosta, whoever's in there, they're going to make them cover for all the other guys that they're throwing upfield it's going to be quite hectic but seattle is not a great defensive team Mm -hmm. um they're going to be on the road and maybe they let their foot off the pedal they're up three nothing they probably don't feel um that at risk right now so i this might be the most fun like opening 20 to 30 minutes to watch or it could be miserable I just don't know where where we're gonna go for fantasy goodness. I think maybe a Rudy. You mentioned him, and then maybe a Casa. But a Casa just he killed some lineups last weekend. He had yep. four points, um, even though supposedly he's on corners now with Diaz out. Um, Five thousand dollars as a defender. That's just not gonna cut it. So I might go back to the well with him just based on what Dallas needs to do in, in order to get back in this one. Um, he has to be involved um and 
and yeah, I think is really the only other um, solid fantasy play. And if Akindale starts, and yeah, I'd, I'd probably consider him um, again, just based off of what Dallas needs to do. But the tough thing is, is that this is the last game on the slate. So can you uh, hold a spot open for a guy like Akindale and not knowing for sure if he's going to start? Ugh. It seemed Ladero is obviously the top play in this game. Is Morris second though, or do you guys think Wait, the, Rudy... the top play in this game? You don't think Nicholas Ladero is the top play in this game? Uh, I don't know, maybe, but he's he's on the road and they have a three nothing lead. Is he really going to push the the play that much? Well, I uh, think he's just... the top play on, of on the of this game, but I'm not probably considering him as much as I would a question yeah. Um, yep. for a little bit less just yeah I mean JD said it, it's they don't have a ton of reason to, to go through Ladero on the attack so I could see his numbers being suppressed a little bit but he's still the best play in the game I'd say I mean I'd, I'd say he's still probably good for at least 15 points right you don't think that they could try to score one early and just the total nail in the coffin right away. That would be the smart thing to do. Yeah. Right. That's kind of where I was thinking they would go, which is why Ladero would have value there. Okay. No, I can buy it. You guys have persuaded me a little bit just because <laughs> Dallas doesn't have like a clear option, but that's what, that's my, that's I mean, what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of value, I can't see myself playing Ladero at all yep. on this slate. Yep. Um, I meant more Ameri- points, right? Like total totally. points than anything else. Yeah. Barrios is a guy I like a lot at 6,200. Mm-hmm. He's going to be flying. I thought he looked okay last game. He's he's looked good um, since Diaz went out. So I I'd actually feel pretty confident Skyler playing Tesho because I think he starts for sure. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess if you do hold that utility slot open, then you could pivot to Acosta. He's five thousand. So if you leave Tesho's forty nine hundred. If you leave 5,000 available, then you should be fine um, to pivot if you're if you're wanting to go that route. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're like really desperate and you only budget uh, the 40, is he 4,900? Yep. Yeah. Yep. You can pivot down to like a Flacco Fernandez or a Freiburg or I don't know. Nelson I mean, Valdez. I was going to say Valdez maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. He's right there underneath him. So Valdez yeah. has been shockingly decent. Mm hmm. He only played 56 minutes in the first one. I was just about to say, Gomez came on and played 34, which is... Right. I mean, Nelson Valdez is a guy, he scored a goal each of the last two games, and he still only got 14 and 13 points. He's (laughs) He's just not that involved in almost anything. So, tough, really tough to play him. I can't see myself playing him in any lineups either. Yeah, I might stay away from this game altogether, despite the love of well, the I, I don't games. know. What if, I mean, Mauro Rosales had five crosses in 17 minutes in Seattle. If they start him just thinking, man, we really need some offense, um, we need a creator out there, and then maybe they put Rosales in the 10, you have a Rudy up top, and then you have Tesho and Berrios on the wing. That's probably the the most promising lineup they could throw out in terms of offensive potential for our DraftKings lineups. And if they did that, I would maybe feel confident in grabbing two Dallas attackers. Wow. 
I mean, they're going to be that's cheap. The, that's the Mario Rosales I was banking on yeah. last weekend yep. that you were, you were. Uh, I told you he wasn't going to start, and I was right. <laughs> you're There's, right. You're right. It would be really kind of like starting Gerard on the road in Colorado. It would be starting Mario Rosales on the road in Seattle. Yeah, I get it. It just feels like Dallas just needs something um, with Diaz out. I'd, I'd hate that they have to turn to a guy like Mario Rosales, old man Rosales, but <laughs> it seems like they don't have many other options right now. Yeah, no, I mean, in this case, like I said, they have to throw everything at this game, and, I mean, you are you would be asking a lot of your defensive midfielders if you threw out that lineup I proposed, but um, they would need to cover a lot of ground, a lot of defensive duties um, and responsibilities that maybe a Barrios, Tesho, Rosales uh, – three right behind a Rudy would give you but if they need goals that's a, a goal scoring lineup right there and they're relatively cheap so it would let you fit in uh maybe two star players even if you threw out to the two cheaper ones I guess Tesho and Rosales mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yikes um speaking of cheap options though given Javinko's $14,300 price you're basically only going to be able to get two high-priced players one being Javinko who do you guys think the other one should be question yeah agreed and that's I mean even that's going to be really tough to fit those two in um I tried to do it last week with Ladero with Javinko and Ladero and I couldn't do it I mean I could have if I played a guy like uh Mark Bloom, who wasn't starting, which hey, he may actually start Sunday. I think I saw something about uh, Beta Shore went down in training and that Bloom replaced him. Oh. So keep an eye out. That might be a good value play there. But um, it was really tough to try to squeeze in another high-priced player along with Juvinko. Really yeah. got to get creative. So definitely keep an eye out for those values um, early on because that NYC Toronto game is not, the, not until the third game That's on the, the slate. Game, so. yeah. Might be a couple values pop up before then. So maybe Gashi is, uh, if you can't get question, Gashi's a thousand cheaper. I kind of like him. They need to come out and score at least one goal. Yep. I like that too. I'd say it's it's question then Gashi. Yeah, there's a lot of value on the slate though. I mean, Donadell is 5,100. Jermaine Jones is 47. We were talking about the Dallas guys. So I don't think we're going to be struggling too much. We're just not going to be able to fit in as much firepower as we're used to on like a, a seven game slate with some pricing inefficiencies. I think you're going to see a lot of Javinko, Mike Grella forward stacks. That was the crux of my lineups last weekend. Yeah. Hmm. Baji's kind of in that ra- Baji, Gordon and Grella are all kind of in that range. And Gordo. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Um, so, who comes out of these games, JD? Who are the four that come out? Uh, I have LA, Red Bulls, Toronto, Seattle. Any difference, Skyler? Nope. I feel the same way. I'm not you? sure. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. And now, if one of the teams could pull the upset, who is it? I think it, it would be NYC. Wow, really? Because I would think Montreal or Colorado would be the... I, I mean, gonna, Montreal has the one-goal lead already. I was going to so say Colorado. And yeah, I yeah. think Colorado at home, they're really tough. 
I like Colorado. I just, I don't know. Seems like wow, you like NYC a lot, so you should be all over David Villa. Yeah, something's gonna happen in that NYC game. They're gonna make it interesting. So yeah, I do like Villa a lot this game. If you think a Javinko, if you think a Javinko Kledgeson combo is tough, good luck with the Javinko Villa combo. (laughs) Javinko Villa question. If only you could start five Mark Blooms. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much for that. It should be a very interesting weekend. Uh, I'm hoping we can do another for the next round since as long as the contests are popping up, we may as well talk about them. So thanks and good luck this weekend. Good luck, everybody. Enjoy the games. It should be uh, a lot of fun. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.